Hi there, everybody. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. No doubt, no doubt. Hello. One, two, three, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. Nope. One, two, three, four, seven. Why why do you not have any bumpies? Ugh. Oh, now I have bumpies. Look. Boop boop. It just takes a minute for it to warm up. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we good. We good. We good. I'm we good. All right, then. Fine. We're good in the pod dormer. We are just fine in the pod dormer. <sighs> okay. I just wish I could figure out a way that when I do mess up on this, that we could just stop. And then it... Oh, just need better editing skills. Yes. I agree with that. Just need a... Pretend I'm just sitting at the dining room table with you and just be like, bitch, you should have heard this story. Let me just tell you what I learned. Let's start it like that. Bitch, let me tell you about this story. Bitch, have you heard this story? That's a good way to start. Bitch, have you heard this one? No. (laughs) Just say it like a normal person. (laughs) Bitch, have you heard this story? I like that. Yeah, do that. Bitch, have you heard this story? Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Mm -hmm. And take two. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, listen to this. (laughs) Bitch, you wouldn't believe what I just learned. (laughs) There you go. I like it. There you go. I like that so much. Okay. (laughs) So are we ready to do this thing? Let's fucking do it. Maybe talk about (sighs) a really fun story. Let's go. That I learned via one of my dear little friends who texted me this crazy ass story from the Texas Monthly. Okay. That has been referenced on a few different podcasts. Yeah, Texas Monthly is like the shit. And that guy that writes for it. Skip Hollinsworth. That's the one. That's who I got my story (laughs) from. He is so good. Yeah. He is like our true crime St. Nicholas. Like... Bestowing does, gifts upon us. Does he have a podcast? Because I should have looked this up. Because no, he, he he has Texas Monthly. Okay. That's his job. Can I can I <laughs> just do? Can I just tell his stories via a podcast? I think you can, sir. Can I just get your okay to just read your articles on a podcast and just bring it to life? Because whatever. He's Would you so like good. me to reach out to Texas Monthly and be like, uh, excuse me? Can we produce a podcast that's basically only ripping off your stories? And it's not even ripping off. Like, I just want to take your articles, sir, and read them. <laughs> I, I want would to like be, to word for word. I want to narrate your stories, Skip, is what I'm saying right now. Like, let me narrate for you. Okay? What if he has the voice of Keith Morrison? Well, shit. Maybe we can do a little 
you know, yeah, he can take the the male side. I'll take the female, right? We can yeah. do voiceovers. He can take the low range. You can take the high range. Meet together in the middle. Somewhere. Uh-huh. It's fine. Yep. Totally. It's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I will be using this story a lot from Skip. Um, it's titled The Notorious Mrs. Mossler. Okay. Also um, used a Gizmodo article by Cheryl Eddy and a, a Miami Beach 411 article by Matt Meltzer. So this is the story of Candace Mossler. Okay. And the murder of her husband, Jacques Mossler. Ooh. Okay. This is... This is an oldie but a goodie. So this is going way back. You know what? I'm not trying to sound like a disgusting uh, human being that glorifies murder or anything, but I do love a spouse murder. Uh, you know? I'm just putting it out there. Whew. I'm just but, putting it out there. <laughs> this one. Because we've all been there, right? <laughs> you know what? Let me, let me just Let me just say something. If you have been with someone for 20 years and you at one point have not been so mad at them that you were like, do you know that how you were easy? like, if I wasn't so fucking afraid of prison, if I didn't have morals, <laughs> if you haven't been there in 20 years of marriage, please tell me how. Please tell me how that works. Maybe it's and that. And are you lying to yourself? Maybe it's that lady. Have you seen the TikTok? I'm going to take a hard left. Have mm -hmm. you seen the TikTok that um, <laughs> I laughed, Travis laughed, we laughed together. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, it's Our Marriage Rules mm, mm, mm. on TikTok. These people have been married for three seconds. Okay. Okay. They've been married for three seconds. Uh-huh. So they're like, what, 27? <laughs> If that, dude, they're babies. Um, and she's like, our marriage rules. And it's like, uh, <laughs> neither one of us can have friends of the opposite sex. That's fucking ridiculous. Go. <laughs> have wonderful male friends. Go. We can't um, be alone with people of the opposite sex. Again, Why? <laughs> And it's all, it's just like all this nonsense like that. And one of the comments that I saw was like, tell me you're real insecure in your marriage without telling me you're insecure <laughs> in your marriage. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> At no way, shape, or form are you allowed any friends of the opposite sex. Yeah, you can't have friends unless I okay them. That's... Uh, go fuck yourself, sir. Yeah, bye. Yeah. Uh, bye, 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 bye. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just oh took God. a hard left, but that TikTok was like <laughs> bananas and Travis showed it to me and he was like, okay. He's like, I'm definitely not saying they're right at all, but you have to watch this. Oh and I God. watched it and I was like, you know, I can't fucking stand people like this. If you had to make a rule like that. Like that. If you had to make a rule like that. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, I think I've listened to too much Esther Perel stuff about marriage and, and relationships in whole. Yeah. In general, that I'm like, any insecure rule we were given as young people as how relate as to how relationships work. Right. Um, 
was completely ridiculous. Complete and total bullshit. Complete and total bullshit. I think one of my favorite things about that I've um, heard Esther Perel say is um, your spouse is should never be your best friend. They should never be the person who saves you. Um, how did she say that? Um, you should have a best friend. Mm-hmm. But it shouldn't be your spouse. That's fair. I think that's super fair. And I was like, mind blown. And then also, too, like, literally, everyone saying that marriage is forever is ridiculous because people constantly change and evolve. Yes. And unless you're changing and evolving with them. Yes. That's not going to work. And it shouldn't be a horrible thing that you change you evolve and you go faster. different ways. Yes. Yes. Like your your spouse is there on loan, basically, is what she was saying. Like maybe reassess your marriage every few years. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and see what just your priorities are. Fucking blown. Yeah. Because people are so um, like, well, I can't leave. I'm married. I'm like, yeah, I signed that. I signed that contract. It's not 1952 mm-hmm. any long, Sharon. Like, leave. Yeah. You know. No. Anyway, go. I okay. Yeah, that no, went I feel away. That. That's all the welcome things. to uh, you're doing fine in your marriage, <laughs> Oklahoma <laughs> Marriage Counseling LLC. Yeah, we live in the Bible <laughs> Belt, yet we have the one of the highest divorce rates. <laughs> Say it ain't so. Yeah, it's okay to get divorced, people. It, it really is. We're not. No, you're not going to go to hell. No one's judging you. Jesus. Sort of God. Okay. All right. So back to Candace, Candace and Sorry. Jock. Okay. Okay. Let okay. me let me get my beanbag stuffed yeah, up please. correctly. Please get all the comfies. Oh, God. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> you sure? My I got are my... a little tight. It's oh. fine. Yeah, it's that. It's fine. It's fine. It's all right. You good? I think I'm fine. Okay. Okay. So this is from Texas Monthly. Texas Monthly. Skip Hauling Zworth. Yeah, Hollinsworth. Hollinsworth. Okay. Um, So, all right. So this occurred, obviously, in Texas. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go a little south on us. Um, Let's start with Candace first. Okay. Okay, Candace. Born. So, some reports say February 18th, February 18th, 1920, but... How this woman was, no one really knew her age. Women lied about their age back then. She was one of them. Okay. Okay. I mean, listen, I fully support that. My kid still thinks I'm 29. I love She's thought I'm 29 for the past. How old did she call me the other day? Was she, or was it one of my kids? It was like, you're 50, right? And I was like. Oh, no, that was one of your kids because my kid would not have any clue. She thinks I'm 29. (laughs) My kids how, know how old I am. They do that to torture me. Okay. Um, okay. So born around February 18th, 1920-something. Sure. She was the sixth child to Lon and Lindsay Weatherby of Buchanan, Georgia. Okay. Okay. Beautiful, blonde, tiny thing, big blue eyes. She was kind of the, like, entertainer of the family. Like a debutante. Yes, she was very playful. She was very nurturing even as a young child. Like, she just wanted to help people, right? Okay. Playful, fun, just kind of the life of the party. While giving birth to their 13th child, 
Lizzie passes away, as did the baby. Jesus. So, 12 kids. She was 6 of 12. Okay? We know about that life. Yes, we do. <laughs> God bless the big families. <laughs> um, at this point, Lon, Candace's father, begins drinking heavily, too. Yeah, because now he has 12 kids yeah. by himself. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, at some point, he actually ends up leaving all the children. Oh. And they begin moving in with relatives. So. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he's he skedaddles. Okay. So, basically, by the age of 12, Candace was raising herself. Yikes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, this is 1930-something. Yeah, this is pre-World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm intrigued. So, while in high school, her grandfather, as they did back then, encouraged her to find a husband. Shh, duh. Duh. Like, you were married by the What else are you going to do? 17, right? Um, and was soon introduced to Norman Johnson. Norman was 10 years older than Candace, uh, but they quickly married in 1939, so she was about 19 years old. Okay? I mean, yeah. Yeah. A year later, their son, Norman Jr., was born. Okay. Okay. So, young mom. He's like 30. Yeah. She's like 20. Mm-hmm. Yep. Having a baby. Yes. All righty. Total norm back then. Right. However, Candace wasn't really fond of this kind of homemaker role. It's fair. I feel like that's totally fair. Yeah. And started to uh, volunteer with the United Services Organization. The USO. Yes. Yep. So this organization would host parties for soldiers at Fort Benning. Of course. Okay. While hosting a party, because she was the entertainer, right? She loved to be this kind of the center of attention, loved to... Um, she was wearing those cutesy little glittery numbers yeah, that she they knows did she back was. then. Yeah, she was. Yeah. You know she was the cutest. Yeah. It's just everything about her. From I bet the, her waist, I bet she was like 24, 12, 12 36, <laughs> right. or like, some nonsense like the, that. Yes. She was literally a beauty. She really was a beautiful woman. Um, While at a party that she was hosting, she was introduced to a young man. By the name of Winthrop Rockefeller. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got that Rockefeller money. He, he was a, and he was a Rockefeller. Good for her. Yep. All righty. Yep. That was, you know, back when the rich actually served our country. Sure. Because they still went to war just like everybody else. Yeah. Yep. They didn't just Because it was mainly. the right thing to do. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. He didn't have bone spurs is what you're telling me? Yeah. No, Good for him. he didn't have flat feet or deaf in one ear. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, he actually wanted to serve his country. Okay. You know? Love it. The two quickly became really close, became friends. And when her second child was born, she actually gave her daughter the middle name Rockefeller. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Uh-huh. Remember that marriage corner we just had? Yep. It's okay to get divorced. <laughs> I know. It's totally fine. It really is. <laughs> oh, so there was actually like 
later on, later on, they were actually asking her, is, is your daughter, is she actually a Rockefeller? Uh-huh. To which she would not answer at all. Like she, But the DNA doesn't lie. Yeah. If only. Yeah, if only. So, we're going to fast forward a little. That marriage did not last. <gasps> I know, shocker. What? I know, shocker. Yeah. And she found herself divorced and in New Orleans with two small children. Oof, okay. Yeah, so they had moved down there. Um... Norman was like, hey, this ain't, this just ain't working. So I'm going to leave. I'm going to go way far away and leave you with the kids. Sure. Because that's what they did back then. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. There wasn't like any trying to be a male No. <sighs> what is that? You're supposed to just bring home the bacon. Parent. Mm. <laughs> okay. So Candace being this woman that basically raised herself since the age of 12 sure was determined she was going to make it on her own yeah in new orleans in the 40s sure so she began taking modeling jobs around the city uh she even traveled to new york to take modeling classes at the barbizon school of modeling oh god bless them i know right that was such a big deal even back in the 80s and 90s do you remember that was a thing i think it was like in every teen beat yeah for sure or every teen, what was it? Like teen magazine. What were the teen magazines we read? Like Tiger Beat and Tiger stuff? Tiger Beat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I got all... that poster at JTT. I don't know who that is. Jonathan Taylor Thomas from oh, Home Improvement? From Home Improvement, yeah, yeah. Mine was all new kids on the block, so. That's fair. Joey McIntyre, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just the cutest. Okay, back to our story. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So to bring in, okay, sorry, let me back up. I got ahead of myself. Before before you knew it, like, she opened her own modeling and self-improvement school. Like, she was like, I'm doing this. I'm taking it. I'm going to teach women how to be models, how to, you know, present themselves with, you know, because back then they had. Um, they had, like, finishing schools mm-hmm, and yeah. all that so stuff. So this was basically one of those. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. So. To bring a new client, she hosted free seminars and even one time threw a parade on Canal Street at Easter, like Easter Sunday on Canal Street, with 45 of her students and a marching band. So she gave zero shits. She was just like, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. I need a marching band. Uh Uh-huh. Like you're... Book it for Easter Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to show y'all what it's like to be a model and... And no ham for you girls, because you have to come down the street on canal. Yeah. There can be no bloating on the street. No. No salt for you. Mm -mm. No hams. None of it. Okay. Sorry. Fair enough. You can have it at the end. We'll let you have all the peeps you want. Mm -hmm. Also, however, it was rumored that Candace was also running an escort business. Out of the school. <gasps> no. Yes. So it was reported that returning soldiers during the war would come to the school to pay for dance lessons. Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Not the school. Her house. Would come to her house to pay for dance lessons. They were 
then paired with one of the models uh-huh. to dance. <laughs> I think they to call learn that the horizontal mambo. And uh, after this, they would be taken to a bedroom. Duh. Okay. But this was my favorite part. Because it was a lesson, the soldier's GI Bill would pay for it. Well, God bless America. <laughs> Am I right? Okay. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, hey, That's... we got to keep these guys happy. Okay? They were fighting a rough war. You know what? Other industries have bilked the U.S. government for more than that. True. So I feel like, you know, whatever. You, I'm just, they wouldn't be the first. Yeah. <laughs> the GI Bill pay for it. I, it was the best. I was like, okay, well. You know what she has? What they would say she had? What? Gumption. Yeah, she did. She was totally going to take full advantage of her sexuality and her... I respect that. I, you know? I completely you know, respect it. Do what you gotta do, boo. Do what you gotta do. So even, you know, even though these rumors were flying around about her, <laughs> she just didn't care. She was like, I don't... She was undeterred. Also, it's New Orleans. Oh, right. So it's probably and like the big whatever. easy, right? Yeah. So, but she, again, started... She loved volunteering, especially for the art... Kind of the arts and, um, um, you know, like uh, the opera, the oh, those types of things. Okay. So she loved volunteering for those, volunteering for those, um, and would soon become one of the people who would go out to different businesses and request like sponsorships and uh, stuff, donations and whatnot. Okay. Okay. And, um, yeah, soon she was schmoozing prominent businessmen for donations. Good for her. Yeah. And they just handed over money. Like, I mean, duh. Right, left. One of these men would turn out to be Jacques Mossler. Okay. Okay. Jacques Mossler was born in Romania in 1895. Oh, oh. Hold on. Okay, so she was born in 1920, uh-huh. give or take. Uh-huh. So he's like 25 years older uh-huh. than her. Yep. Jesus. Okay. Yep. Yep. So he was, like I said, born in Romania. They immigrated to Buffalo, New York at some point. That's That was never reported. He eventually made his way to New Orleans and opened up a used car dealership. Uh, a reportedly shady one at that. Our most used car dealership shady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but after serving in World War One, he sold the dealership and decided to open up small loan companies. Okay. Offering customers without credit to buy cars, appliances, that type of thing at a high interest rate. Of course. He is making money. God bless him. Uh, he also started selling mortgages and invested in insurance firms and banks and that type of thing. Okay. So by 1947, very royal to do Jacques, recently divorced, was more than happy to give a 27-year-old Candace a nice little donation to the opera, to the New Orleans Opera. Okay. Okay. 
less than two years later, they were married in Florida. Well, I mean, I think we saw that coming. I mean, yeah. Right? Yeah. He was quite smitten by her. Just really liked her look, obviously. Duh. And she obviously knew how to, you know. Work her shit. Use what God gave her. (laughs) Yes, she did. (laughs) She's beautiful. So, by this time, um, Jacques was a multimillionaire by 49. From credit lifting and shit like that? Wow. Okay. I just want to think it wasn't really on the up and up, really. Well, yeah. And banks. Like, he he owned banks, too. So, but still, just... (laughs) Anyways. Okay. So, the Mosslers soon decided they wanted to move to Houston, kind of start business down there, and decided they wanted to build a 28-room mansion. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah. That's the question. A multimillionaire in the late 40s, early 50s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Great Depression is behind you. Yeah. The war is over. You're killing it in the banking game. Yeah. You're super rich. Mm -hmm. You're probably lending to some of these uh, GIs that just came home. Probably. And like living the American dream. Yep. Um, Yeah. So. They were living their best life. Candace started quickly, you know, climbing that social ladder again. So I assume her two kids are, like, grown by this point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're kind of grown. Teenagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So she was super well-liked, like many people that were interviewed um, really liked her. She had a presence. You know, from a very young age, she was just very likable, the constant hostess, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people, too, said they didn't think she had a mean bone in her body. She just wanted to help take care of everyone. Okay. Okay. They threw lavish party after party and fundraisers of all sorts, especially for the arts. Um, In their mansion, she helped raise money for the Texas Children's Hospital. Um, You know, all these really great things like they really sounded like she really wanted to help she really wanted to try and make a difference um but unfortunately that that passed her past and the rumors about her owning a (laughs) yeah owning a brothel being a madam mm -hmm, in new orleans kind of caught up with her however it didn't last long kind of the rumor mill because in 1957 while on a trip to chicago i believe it was jacques read about four children that had witnessed their father kill their mother and baby brother Ugh. yeah and called candace and they both agreed immediately they needed to keep they needed to take these kids in so they wouldn't be separated. They just saw something horrific. Just wit- They all witnessed it. They were all in the same car. Okay. Okay. So she flew out to Chicago, and these four kids got adopted. Jesus. Yeah. So. That was lucky for them. Yeah. So it just added to that. There's not a mean bone in this woman's body, even in Jock's. Like, they just really wanted to help these kids. Um, They just picture perfect life right after that like these kids got everything they needed well sure they so it 
in this article from Skip, it says the ballroom was turned into a playroom. Um, the chauffeur took them out to the drive-in movies and took them bowlings, bowling. Like, they lived their best lives. Sure. Right? Like, anything they wanted, they got, basically. So, everything was going great. Picture-perfect family. Then, in late 1961, Candace received a call from her older sister, Elizabeth Powers. Okay. Okay, concerning her nephew, Concerning Elizabeth's son and Candace's nephew, Mel Powers. Okay. He had tried to sell stock in a fake magazine subscription firm and was arrested and sent to jail. I hate when that happens. I know. I know. I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to make a few bucks, man. Jeez. Um, Elizabeth asked that Mel go stay with the Mosslers to get back on his feet, you know, try and learn business trying to you know try and have a better life okay. okay okay so mel was older he was an older teen like 20s i believe right okay but considerably younger than candace so they were all then happy you know more than happy excuse me to take mel in like yeah bring him down jacques was going to give him a job However, once – this is the part that, like, this was just mind-blowing to me. Once he was in the Mossler's care, Mel was made to go under different surgeries, mostly cosmetic ones. Um, those included – he had to be circumcised. His tonsils were removed. His ears were adjusted to lie flat against his head. So, otoplasty. Uh-huh. Know that all too well. The pinning. The pinning of the ears. Okay. Or I just, you know, hey, man, I know that life. So, whatever. Um, And his face was sanded because he had really bad pock marks from acne. The fuck does that mean? Exactly what you think it means. So, nowadays, they call it lasering. Is what they do for that. Back then, they, it, they took, like... Do they just take a sander to it? I don't know how they did it back then. But it was... That's what they called it, was sandy. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Ears, whatever. Fine. Everything else... I don't understand. I don't know the circumcision, but that's not the life that I live as a woman, so I have no idea. But but why are you... Why are you so... Um, Why are you so worried about it that he has to be circumcised? Yeah, I know. Like, what? I'm confused. I didn't understand that either. And what's with his tonsils? Maybe tonsils. he was a snorer, but um, fun really... fact, that doesn't fix it. Just <laughs> FYI. <laughs> I don't know what circumcision would fix either, but. I don't either. Maybe that was just a thing. Like, if you were upper crust, were you circumcised? But, like. Yeah, I don't Maybe. know. But like when you when he showed up at your house, did she go? Are hey, you circumcised? Are you circumcised? And if he was like, uh, no, and she was like, let's get you down to the to the doctor, have that little snip snip done. What? I don't know, is that man. Questions you asked back then? I don't know, man. This is. I was offended slightly by the circumcision, but I'm real offended that they sanded his face. <laughs> real offended. <laughs> 
<laughs> on his behalf. He did have some. The pictures of him, he had some very. Like big pockmarks. Very big pockmarks on his Which, face. Which I think if I was a dude. And you want to take out my tonsils and like pin my ears and stuff. But I am probably drawing the line at circumcision if I w- it wasn't my idea. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Because that probably hurts a lot, a lot when you're it's a got to, man. right? I don't know, ma'am. I mean, some people have done it, I guess, but. <sighs> Dude. <laughs> I'm shook right now. I know. I was just like, I, okay. You can come into our home, but here are a few things that you have to take care of first. I'd be like, I'm good. Can go stay with my mom. Yeah. Can you just give my mom some money? Yeah, she didn't say I needed to be circumcised. (laughs) Or have my face sanded. She didn't say I needed to have my ears pinned back. (laughs) My mama told me she loved me just the way I am. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. Okay. Uh, He also had his own room in the mansion, and they gave him a Thunderbird to drive. Okay. So they're like, here, buddy, take care of these superficial things. We'll give you a car in your own room. For the low, low price of a penis surgery. And your soul. Yeah. Like, what is happening there? This sounds like a cult. Is this a cult? (laughs) No. (laughs) Wish it were. Man. If you're going to give out, like surgeries surgeries like that especially cosmetic ones like sign me the fuck up i'll take them all yeah you know i ain't afraid of that yeah uh he was soon given a job with jacques as a repossessor okay in the loan business so he would go and repossess people's appliances if if listen if you try to come get my fucking dishwasher we're going to be a no on that. I know. I but, will fight you tooth and nail. So so Mel was 6'4 <laughs> and over 200. Mel was oh, a big boy. He is a big boy. Okay. He's a big guy. Okay. So he really wasn't scared of anyone. Okay. So he was like, yeah, I'll take that on. Kind of had this. He was very, um. he was really well at talking with people, uh, charismatic with people. And okay. So, Hey, you haven't been paying for your refrigerator? It's okay, sweetie. I'm just going to take it off your hands. And they would be like, okay. I don't know. No, I totally just made that up. That's just my storyline. That's my not how that went down at all. No. But okay. More than likely, they had to have multiple people. So people didn't lose their shit that they were losing a refrigerator. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. I agree this, with that. This story. So, however... It didn't last long. Because in 1963, it was rumored that Mel was fired from the loan company. And security guards were hired to escort him off the property. Oh. Telling him never to come back. Okay. Jacques soon moved out of the Houston mansion and into one of their private vacation homes in Key Biscayne, Florida. Oh, okay. Okay. The reason for all this, the reason for the escort and Jacques moving out, Candace and her nephew Mel were having an affair. That's how she knew he wasn't circumcised. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh, sweetie, no. No, no, no. 
But ooh, that's her sister's that's son. Her, uh-huh. Girl, yeah, that yeah, that's that ew. was her sister's son. Yes, it's considered incest. Yeah, for sure it's considered yeah. incest. Yeah, hundred hundred percent. Because they share a bloodline. Gross. It was gross. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Ew. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's how she knew he wasn't circumcised. <laughs> um, of course. Candace and Mel were denying everything. Like, no, no, what are you talking about? That's not true. No, 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 no. I don't. He just told me he wasn't circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen his flaccid penis. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. Don't ever use the terms flaccid penis in the pod loft again, please. Okay. Please. In the pod it door. just rolls off the tongue. No, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Damn it to hell. Okay. So, basically, she was telling everyone, hey, no, no, no. Mel and I are not having this affair. Jacques is just in Florida. One of his banks is down there. He needs some R&R. He has upper respiratory issues. Like, he's just there to get away. Uh-huh. Cool. Right. Cool. They had actually um, split up, right? They had actually. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, in late June of 1964, Candace and the children. Including Mel? No. Or just the babies? Just the babies. Arrived in Florida to visit Jacques for a weekend because they were still holding up that this, hey, there's nothing wrong. He's just there. To get away, he needs his time because he's not well and his banks, blah, blah. Right. right. So she was under this whole. Yeah. She was just trying to make it look right. Yes. Yeah. So. Shortly after arriving, though, Candace complained of a headache and decided to load up all four children. And take them with her to the ER. This was around midnight, which I, maybe that was, maybe that was the norm because the man didn't take care of the kids back then. And if you got a headache, you still had responsibilities of the children. You had to take them with you to the ER. I don't know. That but must she have was, been one hell of a headache if you're going to the ER for yes, it. So she, so she um, had these headaches, like they were common migraines. Yeah. Right. And she, she was, uh, when questioned, you know, by people later on. They did say that it was common practice for her to take her kids with her to the ER. So that wasn't something new. Okay. Okay. It's weird, I know, but. Around 4.30 in the morning, uh, Candace and the children arrived back to the home uh-huh. to find Jacques' body wrapped in a blanket. He had been beaten severely about the head and had 39 stab wounds to the chest. Shit. There's, yeah. Uh, And one hand, there was hair. He had, I mean, he had obviously tried to fight back, so. Okay. Um, But again, we're talking 1960s. And it wasn't like that when she left. Correct, no. She says. Right. Because they were sleeping in the same room? No. She left at midnight. She got back at 4.30 in the morning. Okay. Found him. Where was he at? 
She was in the living room. And he wasn't there when she left. He was at the apartment, but he wasn't wrapped in a blanket and dead when she left. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, when, when questioned by police, Candace gave a few suggestions on who might, you know, might be capable of this, might be behind it. Sure. The first was obvious robbery. So he broke in. She said there were some, there was some money missing from the bathroom. Um, there's some money in their bedroom. And I think her, a watch of hers or something else. Okay. And then she also said it was probably a rival bank. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Maybe a disgruntled customer who had their appliances repossessed. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then she revealed that she had been told Jacques would entertain young men that he met on the beach. And that mm, oh. that he was possibly gay. Okay. And that it could have been one of these gay lovers that, you know, got upset that he was, you know, maybe, maybe wanted to end the relationship. Maybe wouldn't divorce his wife. That type of situation. Okay, so this is... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. This is all the things she's telling them. I just don't know. <clears throat> the detectives would discover, though, that Mel and Candace had, in fact, been having an affair after finding very explicit letters between the two. Gross. Very explicit, Shan. <laughs> I'm, like, so grossed out that she's having an affair with her yeah. blood nephew. nephew. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Bleh. Okay. Yeah. So, obviously, they shifted their focus to the two most likely, you know, likely suspects. Yeah, the two people that would actually benefit from his death. Yeah. Yeah. They also found a diary. Did I say that right? Diary entry? What the hell? From Jacques stating that if Candace and Mel didn't kill him, he'd have to kill them. Oh. But like. But why though? Why the extremes? Like why all of a sudden is people got to kill? Why can't we just get divorced? Let me tell you why. Okay. According to their prenup, if Jacques filed for divorce... Candace would get half of everything. He's like one of the richest men in Houston area at the time. Okay. Okay. If Candace filed, she would only get $200,000. Now, let me. So, one article I read said she was getting $5,000 to $5,700 a week. Jesus. One said $5,000 to $5,700 a month. Okay. Either so, way. Either way, it's a big cut for her. Yeah, that's a lot of money in 1960. Uh-huh, and that's a lot of money she will no longer have. So neither one of them would file for divorce. He didn't want to lose half of his shit. I feel like my life is worth more than half. Like, you can ha- have it, take it, as long as I'm, I can get away from you and keep my life. I'm taking two hundred grand in 1960 money. And moving on with my life. I mean, that's where I'm at. Because I'm not built for prison. No. 
No. But. But. Whatever. <laughs> so either way, both of them losing big chunks of change. Okay. okay. So that's why neither one would file. And that's why there was all of a sudden, why do people got to be killing each other? Right? Lord. They soon found out that Mel was spotted in Miami the day before the murder. Okay. Multiple witnesses. And he's a big dude, so he's not, like, inconspicuous. Right. Like, let me, tall, dark, and a handsome dude. Like, the pictures of this guy, you're like, oh, hello. Okay. He was very, very attractive man. Minus the pockmarks, like, they Well, they sanded his face. He doesn't have them anymore. He's still kind of dead. Right? Like, they were bad. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. All right. You know, it's fine. Not only that. A car belonging to the Mosslers was found at the airport with blood evidence in the car. Ugh. Okay. That doesn't look good. No. So, yeah, things were not looking good. However, lots of money gets you the best attorneys, right? Sure. And that's exactly what Candace and Mel did. <laughs> they got the best of the best. Okay. Uh, In January of 66, the trial began. It was chalked full of sex and incest that the judge at the time wouldn't allow anyone under the age of 21 into the courtroom. Oh, shit. So one of the quotes from this judge states, if you like wholesome atmosphere, stay away from the sixth floor of the Dade County Courthouse. This trial has overtones of homicide and incest that even Dostoevsky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, nope, don't know who that is, Okay, would find a little too much. Okay. Like, he was like, nope, this is... He slapped an NC-17 rating on that yes, bitch. Yes, he did. And was like, not today, Satan. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Like, multiple news, because... I think they said, like, 48 different newspapers around the country wanted to be a part of this trial. Sure. Because of this incest part and because it was multimillionaires and, you know, all this money. Like, there was tons. It was a nationwide trial at the time. Damn. I know. Ew. Okay. (laughs) Like. (laughs) Fucking Florida, man. <laughs> um, unfortunately, they didn't have any eyewitnesses or hard enough evidence. Like they didn't see him going into the apartment. Right. They at the time they had fingerprints, but they Mel was all over this. That. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason for him to not be there. Mm-hmm. The prosecutors tried to take the incestuous affair approach and that sure. they planned the whole murder. Sure. You know, try to remove Jacques from the picture. But the defense, like, fired back with the homosexual scenario, basically making him out to be the sexual deviant and, like, this, you know, oh. Okay, make but it. none of that matters. In the 60s, it did, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got to be thinking about the times. Like, it was, you were not gay. But also, I'm more offended that you're boning your nephew. You yeah, yeah. fucking No, creep. no, no. Yeah. No. Agreed. But them going about and creating this horrific homosexual scenario for Jacques um, just 
basically yeah. washed everything that had to do with incest. It was <laughs> it was so gross. Like, anyways, yeah. Basically saying that Jacques' homosexuality drove her into the arms of her nephew. Okay. Call- what the fuck? Okay. But there's no way they killed him. Whatever. Whatever. So, basically, these defense attorneys were ruthless. Like, they made him out to be this... Ooh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, back then you would be considered, like, a pervert. And yes. deviant. Yes. But but you have sex with your yeah. nephew and you're just in love. What the fuck? Jesus. <laughs> so gross. Okay. So, March 3rd, jury begins deliberations. Um, they did request to rehear some testimony about fingerprints and neighbor accounts and things like that. So, a few hours later, they voted unanimously to acquit both Mel and Candace. What? Totally acquitted them. Of Fucking them. Florida, man. In the 60s. God. Anyway, so, they just moved like, on with their lives. Oh, yeah. As soon as, as soon as the jury read the not guilty verdict, Mel leaned back in his chair and whispered, Beautiful. And Candace sobbed. Like, oh my gosh, this is over. Um, it was also reported that after the trial and everyone was leaving, Candace went back. Because I, I think at those times, you know, the, the jury exits through a different. Yeah. So Candace went back to where the jury uh, jurors were, which was 12 all-male jury. Of course. So you throw a homosexual scenario yeah. at all male jury in yeah. the 60s and they're going to be like, oh, he's guilty. Yeah. He's, yeah. They don't care whether he's no, guilty No, it was or a not. lover. Yeah. Yeah. She kissed and thanked every one of them. I sort of hate her a little bit. She was... She did a piece of work. You yeah. know what she had a lot of? What? Audacity. Ooh. Audacity. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good way to put that. That is mm -hmm. audacious. Yep. Uh, they were then seen leaving together. Sure. In a gold convertible Cadillac. With yeah. Their, with their attorneys. Because she just hit fucking pay dirt. Ooh. Pay dirt. Uh -huh. Yep. She gets to inherit his entire estate. Yep. Inherited the entire thing. Not only that, she became a chairman um, of the board of Jacques Bank Holdings. Of course. So she became very invested in, like, she went to all the meetings. She did have um, kind of like an assistant that helped her with all of the, you know, really important things. Yeah. But she went to all these meetings. She went to construction sites when they were building new banks. Like, she was very invested in the business side of it. Wow. And actually ended up doing very well for herself. After his death. After she in, killed her In husband. the business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the romance between her and Mel did not last long. Oh. I know. Weird. I know. Was it because when they started introducing themselves as aunt and nephew, people got creeped out? Maybe, probably. I mean. And he... He got circumcised for her. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Like, 
You're like a woman getting a boob job for a dude and him leaving. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Shit. It's a dick move. It's a total dick Literally. move. Literally. Jeez. She just couldn't handle it. Like, just shut the lights off. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> um, She, I mean, she ended up living this really amazing life for a hot second. Yeah. Like, whatever um mel went on to become a real estate investor and at one time becoming one of the richest men in houston oh like god he, he eventually lost everything though in 1980 during that big oil yeah. and, and real estate bust yeah um you know filed for bankruptcy but would eventually come back from it not as well as he did the first time um but would come back and was quite wealthy um, in 1976, though, Candace was found dead in a hotel room of an accidental drug overdose. Oh, shit. So she. What's she OD on? So sh- these migraines oh. that she had. Yep. Um, she had taken medicine. The migraine wasn't going away. She called the family doctor. Family doctor made a house call and gave her. I totally forgot to write down the two drugs. One of them was um uh one was a pain med and then one was f- to help her relax. Okay. Um not knowing that she had taken this prior drug before. So she basically passed lost consciousness uh-huh. face down in her pillows. Oh. So she basically suffocated. Oh. But because of the drug overdose, they ruled it a drug overdose, but she basically suffocated. Jesus her Christ. She was still fully dressed. Like, as soon as the doctor left, she probably just face planted and didn't wake up. Ooh. I know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's not the worst way you can go, I guess. True. Just fall asleep. Yeah. Be so relaxed that you suffocate in your own pillows. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Mel passed away in, in 2010 at the age of 68 from pneumonia. So. <laughs> they both went on to live like very. Long know, lives. Very. Prosperous lives. Prosperous lives, but. Like denied. Denied any involvement in Jacques' murder. That is bananas. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really liked this story in the way Skip had. Well, he's such a great writer. It really is. So, but yeah, that's a, just goes to show you that you have enough money, it can get you, you know, out of a murder charge. Well, I think we all know that's true. (sighs) You've seen it so many times. So many times. Murder, rape, everything else. All the things. Yep. Yeah, a lot of little, you know, a little bit of money and just saying. Yep, a so. little bit of money will buy you a lot of reasonable doubt. Yes, it will. <laughs> Good Lord, can I have some of that? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks, Shan. Good one. It was a fun one. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I like the fact that she was just this very debutante type of woman. Yeah. And nobody saw it coming. Yeah. Nobody would have ever suspected that she'd do that. She had this 
This great persona. All for an affair with your nephew. Yes. Yeah, I know. I'm just, yeah, I didn't understand it, but I didn't, I didn't live in the 60s, (laughs) 20s to 60s, so I would not even know. All for an affair with your nephew. It's gross. Eh, Well, there's a shoe for every foot, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyways. It's gross. Anyways, that's my story. I love it. Good job, Shy. Thanks, Shan. (laughs) If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at you're doing fine. Okay. Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore. Okay. Underscore pod.